for many years, Elon Musk said he doesn't care about China. And he's also very worried about China stealing his technology. Uh, you know, Zuckerberg's wife is ethnic Chinese. Google was kicked out from China and Apple's company. Twelve young worker, workers committed suicide by jumping from the building. Intel provide the first and perhaps the most important censorship software and uh, equipment to China. The worst project Bill Gates involved is he involved is China's nuclear technology. Namaskar. I'm Sri Iyer of P Gurus, and this is our continuing conversation with Sasha Gong on characters who are having links with China. And today, we're going to take a look at something that's very near and dear to me, Silicon Valley. I live there, so I'm sort of taking a critical eye at some of the people who have made it big in the Silicon Valley and how they have benefited from their links with China. So without further delay, let's welcome our guest of the afternoon, Sasha Gong. Sasha, Namaskar and welcome to P Guru's channel. Hello, everybody. Sasha, the, the two episodes that we've done thus far have raised uh, you know, a lot of thousands of viewers extremely well received they have been full of praise for uh, sasha's uh, way of explaining things elucidation i must say see i'm always searching I'm for the right pleased. word and yeah. uh, you you've been I'm very very pleased. thank you thank you <laughs> thank you so much so today as always let's start jumping straight into this uh, we are looking at the red-handed book as some sort of a, a guideline but what we are going to do you're not going to find it in that book so this is sort of like our and Sasha's journalism of you know many decades coming into play here. He's going to regale us with a lot of stories. So Sasha, without further ado, I'm going to take you to the book. Here's a book. Would you like me to jump to the next slide? Yes, please. Here we go. Yeah. All yours. Today, yeah. today we are going to talk about the Silicon Valley. You know, in Peter Schweitzer's book, Red Handed, uh, the first big chapter, I'm not after the preface, uh, after the forwards and preface, I think, is about the Biden family. The second one is about uh, members of Congress. And this chapter is about Silicon Valley. So those who are familiar with the books actually would know, I'm, going to, I'm not going to follow Peter Schweitzer's flow uh, for a very simple reason, because he only provided a sketch. You know, he has limited space in the book, and I also have limited space in the show. So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to put a sort of a bigger picture than corruption itself. He mentioned how much Silicon Valley people take money, how much money they took and for a few projects. But I'm going to expand it a little bit and uh, going to use examples and familiar name for for our audience and I hope you like it. And if you guys have more questions, put in the comment section and see if we can later answer the questions. Are you going to the next slide or? Yes, yes, I was to... waiting for your command. Yeah. Here we go. Here, what we see in this slide are familiar people. You see Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, and all the people. And you can actually, the easy way to think of the familiar people, the people, the names you have heard for about three decades now. And uh, you just name a list, it's everybody. 
only a few people, very few, perhaps 1%, who are not working with China and with the Chinese government, who does not have business in China. But for example, I actually let me take the latest example as Elon Musk. For many years, Elon Musk said he doesn't care about China. He was very critical to the authoritarian, totalitarian regimes. And he's also very worried about China stealing his technology. But in the past few years, Elon Musk opened a factory in Shanghai. Why? What about his worries? And he actually said a few very good things about China. So he's the last, perhaps the latest tycoon who established a partnership with China. And China lured him in. And that's a very beautiful example. I think you guys may want to hear that first, but I'm not, yes, I'm, yes. Not, I'm not to go into delay that talk it first. Elon Musk, yeah. when he first said he did not want to deal with China like other tycoons, and China very much wanted his technology, his technology, everything, not only the electric cars, and, but in satellite, which is invaluable, right? So I think in 1925, China lured Elon Musk in by offering him to open a factory in Shanghai under several very unique conditions. First, he could open a factory without any investment. No the capital. Chinese bank. Zero capital. No capital. No capital. $900 million. Every penny is invested by the Chinese government. And second, he can own that by 100%. You see, the funny thing is that, you know, China, the way China took other people's technology is the Chinese law. Any foreign companies, if they open a business in China, they can only own 49%. And a Chinese partner, usually the state company, owns 51%. By that, China took technology, took Western technology by having Western investment. The technology transfer is a very big issue. And Elon Musk actually got a very unique, the conditions China offered him is almost un, unthinkable. He had got 100% ownership of his, that Shanghai company. He needs to put zero money in as the investment because the Chinese uh, national banks picked it up. And uh, he also got very, very good, unthinkable tax benefit. I think it's like he, he doesn't need to pay tax until 2024, something like that. So, so, so five-year tax holiday or something. Yes, yes. And uh, so he invested in China. He changed his attitude towards China. Guess what happened? In the, also, another condition, which is favorable or unfavorable, depends on your perspective, is he has, he, his company has to produce every part of his car in China, unless China could not produce like uh, some chips. Anyway, what happens that in a few years, China produced 30, 35% of Tesla in the world. That's a national I, I, strategy. I, I'm understanding the significance of what you just said. And, and this is playbook of China 
you know, force a guy to do everything in the in the in China. So they get to know every little nut and bolt that goes into Tesla. And lo and behold, uh, Tesla has been completely Chinized, Shanghai. <laughs> yes, that's a national strategy for 30 years, especially after 2000 when China joined WTO. And uh, if you look at trace all the things back, well, it's much easier to understand why the Silicon Valley tycoons want to invest in China. Why would they, well, even when China censored them, even when companies like Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google could not be shown in China, they could not operate in China, but they entered China anyway. The company entered China and uh, China wants the company, not the freedom. So. Anyway, that is one example. This, these are the familiar faces. And um, well, Bill, Bill Gates has been in China for a long time. Yeah, Bill Gates had great investment and worked with many Chinese companies. And uh, of course, Zuckerberg. That's one interesting story, which is very well known in China because the Chinese uh, state media publicized it. And uh, it's also Peter Schweizer mentioned it in his book. Uh, you know, Zuckerberg's wife is ethnic Chinese. Chinese President Xi Jinping went to, uh, what to visit this, uh, I think it's in Seattle, in, uh, or city, I think in Seattle. Zuckerberg went to meet him. At that time, his wife was pregnant. So he asked, his, he asked Xi Jinping, said, could you name, give the Chinese name to our, our child? Uh, I think Indian people may also, um, you know, we may have shared similar tradition. It's when you ask um, someone to name your child, that's the, the possible greatest honor you give the yes. other side. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The good thing is that, well, Xi Jinping who was only educated for five years and uh, he did not know how to, he could not think of anything. He did not know how to answer. He said, oh, sorry, I, I, no, I think, I think not. So anyway, the turn down his offer. And uh, also another time, you know, uh, when we called internet czar, a guy named Lu Wei, last name Lu, first name Wei, uh, Internet czar, which also means in the Chinese condition, contact means censorship czar, went to uh, visit Facebook headquarters. Zuckerberg let him sit down, sit behind his desk. And then on that desk, he saw a book. It's a book by Xi Jinping. It's a book every Chinese leader knows. So, so oh, well, and Zuckerberg just immediately said, this is not for a show. This is not for you. This one, I actually gave everybody in my company, every managers in my company, Xi Jinping's book. So that's how much you want to kiss them up. <laughs> I use a better, a better language. So that's the people page. Let's go to the next slide. Google was kicked out from China and Google it's a more complicated story because Google, Google once said they 
what they protest, they will keep freedom of speech, but they did not. Anyway, so let's go to the companies. Yes. Well, in China, you see every possible U.S. companies there. Uh, the biggest one, of course, is Apple. Apple produced its cell phone in China. Well, at, I'm talking about a few years ago, not now. China assembled Apple, Apple cell phones, mostly in China. And a few years ago, I think it's about five years ago, uh, the Chinese actually uh, got 11 US dollars for every product. That's it? Which is, that's it. Very aston astonishing. Well, you make some money, but that not that much. And Apple, Apple, the biggest Apple assembly center is in, in, in southern China, uh, near Hong Kong. So um, because of Apple paid that very little, at that time, the company worked young people to death, really literally worked them to death. So what happened is that in 2012, it happens in the Apple's company. The young workers were so desperate and worked so hard and they're so tired of life. Uh, within a few months, 12 young worker, workers committed suicide by jumping from the building. Oh my God. I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. You actually don't see Facebook there, but, but you see their companies there. We are going to talk about the operations of their company. Right. But Google, Apple is the biggest, um, well, the company-wise, operation-wise, Apple has the biggest operation, I believe. Sasha, let's finish that thought there. 12, 12 young people jumped from the building and died. How did they rectify this problem? Well, you see, uh, I visited several Chinese companies when I, I, I once worked for AFL-CIO. So that was my job. You see, the Chinese set up huge companies, huge. And some companies under one roof is more than 100,000 workers, that kind of huge companies. In some uh, farm, on some farmland in relatively remote area. Let me explain first one thing about, let's compare India and China. When you look at Indian development and any third world country, Brazil and other country, you'll see a huge slum problem. When you need workers, peasants came in and they became workers. They have no place to live in the city. So what they do, they build slums and that create all sorts of problems, hygiene to say the least, and hunger, crime, all kinds. So the entire world would point out at those governments that look at you. What have you done? Look at how you treat your poor people, right? And uh, those companies and the, the products have terrible reputation. China took a very different model. And uh, well, let our audience be the judge to say how, what that means. China, under Mao's rule, in the before the nineteen before the nineteen eighties, China had the sort of a two tiered household registration system. If you twenty percent of the people lived in cities, 
it's a big privilege. If you live in the cities, the government mostly guarantee you have employment and uh, housing, not much housing, but you have housing. And uh, you can't wandering around begging and that, that those are all illegal. They would arrest you, right? So you look at the Chinese cities, it's much more cleaner than any developing country cities. Meanwhile, 80% of Chinese, past, uh, Chinese people live in countryside. They have, well, they are not allowed, they were not allowed to travel to cities unless they have government approval. The approval can very rare. They could not stay in cities and uh, they have all kinds of problems. So peasants remain in countryside. They could not get employment in uh, urban areas, in factories. And remember in that time, factory income was between five to 10 times higher than rural income in countryside. So when China opens up, when the foreign companies move in, the Chinese begin to allow some people to work in factories with one condition, a very, very easy condition. First, you, you have to come as single people. You cannot come as a family. You cannot come say, okay, I come with my wife, my kids. No, government would not provide you with housing. What government did instead was build huge factories and allow peasants who were desperate, desperately poor to work in factories. They built dorms for them. So I visited factories, they would have like a, between uh, eight, to 12 young workers living in one room and work. And then what also happened is the Chinese government would not allow people to wander around. They would build factories in remote areas. I give you one example is that once I visited- a, a, Sasha, I have a, been to such factories. I have been to such factories have, in a in place China. called Tangsha, 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 Guangdong ah, province, yeah. Guangdong province, I, I see it, in that area. Yes, yeah. one factory I went to had 8,000 workers, a shoe factory, right? And uh, they only, the workers lived there, they're young workers between the age of 14 to 25, who cream on the top of laborers. And uh, then what happened is that I, I asked them, why don't you go into the city and, uh, you know, walk on the street and have some fun? They said, no, every day they have only have two buses going in town. That means only like uh, less than a hundred people would be able to go to town. You can't walk, you have to walk for a whole day to town. So the workers were, the workers lived in the factories, the young workers. And um, another thing is that the young workers, you know, uh, most in the light industry, like clothing and uh, in the assembly line, most workers were female workers, young female workers. And, but in construction site, 90% of the workers were male. So you have a female and male extreme unbalance. And people had nothing, could do nothing, but working for 80, 100 hours a week to earn more weight. That's why, you know, after a few years, a lot of people got depressed. That's how 
the 12, the, the 12 workers, that's why the 12 workers jump to that. So, I'm not uh, sure if I made myself clear. Yeah. No, no. What Go I was ahead. going to say was, did the conditions improve after that so that people didn't have to get worked to death uh, like the way, you know, they were experiencing? Did their conditions improve? Were there some laws put in place so that like maybe instead of an 80 hour work week, maybe 60 hour work week or something like that? I was yeah. just curious about that. I, I was part of the force to push for the change. And the Chinese government later made uh, made a law to limit over time to thirty six hours a week. However, well, even it's a big even that's however. quite high. Even that's quite high. Yes, but after that, these are young people. What are they going to do in weekends? What are they going to do? They still it's still a very difficult experience. So that's how China built its in its industry. And um, it's quite a miserable story because it's not because the Chinese uh, the Chinese want to work in such condition and the, the Chinese uh, can endure more. It's because the peasants used to be so poor under communism. So that's what happened in China. We're going back to Apple. That's how Apple paid how Apple could pay only eleven dollars per uh, cell phone for assembly. So what you're it's saying, Sasha, if I understand you uh -huh. correctly, is that Apple built their phone, which I'm also a proud owner of, for practically nothing. Yes. The condition of the Apple factory was one of the best. And because still people it's died. Under, yeah. Oh, yes. But it, Apple is under extreme international scrutiny at that time. And even now. All the foreign firms are, you know, uh, Nike and it, Reebok, you talk about all this. And it's much better than factories are produced for domestic consumption, believe me. Oh, that's true even in India. That's true even in India. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's a way of life. You, you know, people do try. Uh, there are more labor-friendly laws in India. Uh, but mm -hmm. at the same time, what you said is true. The top tier companies do have top tier manufacturing facilities. Let's not make two bones about it. It is true. Yeah. So let's let's go back to uh, the next company, Facebook. 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 Actually, Facebook was never allowed to be in China. Facebook, even Facebook's uh, Zuckerberg tried so hard. He went to China. He made his morning juggle, passing Tiananmen, and uh, he gave his workers Xi Jinping's work. The Chinese state, the Chinese government said they love him, but Facebook is not allowed. I heard he can speak Chinese too. He he learned. He's tried. He tried to learn Chinese, and he tried to make you know make himself appear friendly. China mm. is a huge market. But Facebook is working with the Chinese in other ways. Facebook company, the company itself, is working with China in big data projects. That says all. All this company we are talking about here, uh, Google, Intel, and so we are going to talk about it later in the social control part, how they use big data, what do they do? So and, would you like me to so, skip to the next slide now? Yes, let's go to the next line. Here we go. Yeah. And um, 
as I said, all the companies, uh, many internet giants and content companies, they talk about Google, the search engine, they're talking about Twitter, uh, Facebook, they provide content. They sort of pride themselves as platform for freedom of speech, which is not true. We know this is not true after the 2020 election, right? But in China, all these companies openly work with the Chinese government. And uh, so I, have, I want to go first that what's, why would they do that? Why would they go to China? They're so keen to work with China. I think it comes to a very basic ideology. All these companies, uh, if you listen to them, they pride themselves as global companies. They don't see themselves as American companies. They don't see patriotism as a principle. They see, well, China is one of the countries, America is, and uh, they, they don't see the difference between China and America. What they see, if you listen to them, Apple CEO Tim Cook and Zuckerberg, they all said that China is a much more efficient country. Why is it efficient? Uh, well, because the communist government can, can make decisions in a split second like that. They, the government does not need to consult anyone like their people, their Congress. So they're much more efficient. Many of these uh, high-tech tycoons went to China. They're awed by the efficiency. They said, okay, we may want to work with this company. Sure, let's make a call. And uh, the leader, whoever they met, asked the secretary, make a call to this company. Next say the company had this here. So let's sign an agreement to work on this, work on that. So we are talking about hundreds of thousands such contracts working between uh, high-tech companies and the Chinese companies. So one thing about the major difference here, if you try to understand, not to condemn all the, the American big tycoons, they think they are global companies and they think they are working with Chinese companies and they think the Chinese companies are like them. They're global companies because even not that many Zuckerberg, yeah, a little bit, but not many of their people can speak fluent Chinese. There are plenty, almost every executive, high-tech executive in China speak fluent English. Educated in America, they know how to work the appearance, American way, but more efficient. So the ideology here is that, well, the big tech companies think, they, well, we are big tech, they are big tech, we are global, China and America. Why not? However, if you look at the Chinese companies, they don't see that. And lots of companies look like private companies, but they are not. Several things. First, even they are private companies. Without the state backing, they would not be able to survive. For example, the Chinese giant Huawei, the big telecom company. Huawei is supposed to be owned privately. 
But if anyone is familiar with <coughs> the Meng Wanzhou case, the Huawei, uh, we Chinese call him Huawei Princess. She was CEO of Huawei, the daughter of Huawei's founder, who was accused by America for uh, you know selling equipment to Iran and writing. Anyway, if look at her treatment, how the Chinese government backed her and backed the company. That's not a real private company. Even it's a real private company without big Chinese government backing, they cannot survive. It is that simple. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Sasha, you have to help connect the dots here. So she flies mm -hmm. into Canada. She's imprisoned mm -hmm. there. She was supposed to be extradited to the United States. Mm -hmm. Somehow, Canada managed to hold off on that. And then suddenly, two Canadian citizens are caught in the chi in China. And, and then yep. there is a quid pro quo. There's a quid pro quo. And she flies yep. back. She flies home and these two Canadian nationals are freed. Now, the thousand dollar question, I shouldn't say thousand, it's a billion dollar question. The billion mm -hmm. dollar question is, did she admit to what Huawei had done, A, and B, how did the US let her go? Okay, first, she admitted to some very minor things, which was not enough to hold her in prison. Second, she was held in, not in prison, actually at home. She was with that oh, house arrest. sort of house, a, arrest. Uh, yeah. house arrest. And uh, she was held by the, uh, well, by the Canadians with the request of the Trump administration. She was released by the Biden administration. That's all. That's all. So, that's a very clear connection here. Yes, and Sasha, I have been hammering away on this. So if, for America, depending on who's in power, America's adversary changes. Under Biden, it is Russia. Under Trump, it is China. I, I, I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words when I see that, you know, how stupid the politicians of United States think we are. Anyway, that's just my... my it, uh, it might not be stupidity it might be something worse, might be self-interest, might be individual interest versus national interest. That's what we see here. Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, I guess let's get back to our... Uh, our yeah, right. Uh, so we're talking about the ideology. So if you look right. at this, well, even if we take the Silicon Valley tycoon's word on face value, we say, okay, we believe you honestly think you are your global companies you don't need to be loyal to america right the chinese companies never think so when the chinese work the chinese work with american companies with foreign companies they always think of that their own national interests otherwise they cannot survive that's first level and second level a chinese government has the power at any time it's by chinese law to demand all these companies to to serve national interest and which means they are by law they can be requested to be spies and they signed up for uh, that the american companies signed up for that well the american companies signed up for their partners who by chinese law can any time any time when the government requests 
They can be spies. They can work. They have to work for national interest. You know, th this is the point where you know something's fallen, the penny drops sort of thing, Sasha. Do you know mm -hmm. that there are software companies today that coach candidates who are going to go for interviews into the FANG mm -hmm. companies, F-A-A-N-G, Facebook, mm -hmm. Amazon, Apple, mm -hmm. Netflix, Google. Mm -hmm. There are companies, there are software that people write that they, they coach you, they train you as to how to take these interviews and, and get hired there. And here, these companies go and they are basically giving away their firstborn, in my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. And the way is that either they are truly that innocent or they, they just pretend they don't know. And at the Chinese system, if you think of the whole system in China, if you work for the universities, you know, a university can not simply say, okay, I work with this company, that company. The Chinese government must give them assignments or the grievance and say, oh, Google and Twitter and all these companies work with Chinese universities. And universities, or China has dozens of trainings, different training, high-tech training centers in different universities. The top one is Tsinghua University called China's MIT, right? And uh, they, ha they have an incubator there, a huge building, an incubator. And all these foreign companies incubate Chinese entrepreneurs. In fact, oh, yeah, they are actually working with the military, with government, with police, whatever, you know, you can name it. You, you have to rid me of another doubt. This one is going to be probably one of the best episodes that we have done. Very respected person from India basically told me, look, Xi Jinping has a chemical engineering degree from the prestigious Xinhua University. What are you talking about that he hasn't even finished fifth school, grade five? And, and I was basically repeating what Elmer said. So I, I'm, I'm like, okay, listen, this is what this person says. Elmer, what do you have to say? And Elmer said, listen, Sri, when these heads of state come to, either it is Harvard or Xinhua, there is another person who is doing their degree for them. Sometimes there's more than one person doing their degree for them. How true is this? Very true. First, if well, it, to, to us Chinese, it's come from, you know, it's from instinct we know. First, Chinese universities, Mao closed all the Chinese universities in 1966. And uh, Deng Xiaoping reopened them in 1978. So for 12 years, universities were not really operating. Yet, starting from 72, they picked some, some young people to attend universities. But most professors were in labor camps. So they went there and uh, study and they graduate. In those years, students learn almost nothing. So when you look at the Chinese, always the Chinese always have one one way to ask them. Said, "Hey, you when do you graduate? When do you go to school?" So, "Oh, I went to school in 1973, university." The Chinese immediately will say, "Oh, uh, in that time they were called worker, peasants, and soldier students." Uh, because all the students came from workers, peasants, and uh, soldiers. And that means you did not actually learn anything. 
you did not need to pass the exam. You are handpicked by party leaders to go to a university which teaches you nothing. That's you know that's what happened. And she went to university, I think, in 1973. And a lot of young people from high-ranking government officials' families did. So that's、uh. what he did. And then later he got so-called PhD. Somebody else, well, that was not in chemical engineering, in some political science study, something. Somebody else wrote his his dissertation. It was on the record. At that time, he was already an important party leader. So for all those people who have PhDs, even they themselves hesitate to show off their PhD. Okay, so、um, shall we go to the next slide, Sasha? Yeah, let's go to the next slide. Here we go.、Let's、censorship, go the, very、yeah. important. Censorship.、Yeah. Well, all these companies, what they do in China. So we are talking about Google, Apple, Twitter, and Facebook, and all these. YouTube content providers. Well, first, China did not allow them to exist in the Chinese record. China has a great firewall, so it was out of question. Google was there for a very short time, and then China said, "Okay, forget it. You're not here." And even when Google said, "Okay, we we follow your rules," so all these companies, what happened instead? The Chinese sent people to their company, helping in the in the sort of a Chinese site, Chinese language site. Then they helped them to censor people outside China, not only inside China. Let's say、um, there's several people we need. To, well, we, it's worth mentioning. And、um, let's say there was a woman、uh, whose name is Fei Fei Li. I remember uh, last name Fei、uh, Fei, last name Li L I. She's now in Stanford, but she once worked as、um, she was in Google's board, and she was also、uh, work on the Chinese side, Google China. I for, I forgot what's her title, but anyway, that's fine. She, that's fine. She, yeah. Since she was in China, he, she was in charge of、uh, Google's、uh, the China side. And、uh, she joined. She joined Google for only less than less than two years. And what she did, it's interesting. What she did was she she helped China to get Google's technology on AI,、uh, artificial intelligence. So we know AI is is a key area. The Chinese care about AI a lot, and China now claim they are better in AI than. Uh, America. Anyway, she's a key figure to get the Google AI Center, which transfer artificial intelligence technology to China, and she's still in Stanford.、So hmm. I think that's a good example. Google is working with the Chinese on artificial intelligence. Even Google's search engine is not in China. I don't know how many companies Google work with them, but that's one. Extremely important field Google is working on.、And、the second example I want to give is a woman whose name is、uh, Kathy Chen, C H E N, Chinese name, last name Chen, first name Kui, K U K U A I, but the English name is Kathy Chen. Kathy, Google,、uh, Google,、uh, I think believe it's in 2016 or 17.、Uh, Twitter appointed her as Twitter as. You know, someone who was in charge 
of Chinese Twitter, all Chinese Twitter. You know, this this woman Kathy Chen was in charge of Twitter's all Chinese side. You see, what happened is that after she got in charge, she helped Google to launch all sorts of censorship. After she got in charge, a lot of well. People, the Chinese Chinese language people outside of China, found out their Twitter, their tweet, their their tweets got censored. If you say something which is not that friendly to the Chinese government, and suddenly you got a warning. Even today, nowadays, the whole system was set that way. So the Chinese, you know, the 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 Chinese, the unfriendly Twitter tweets were censored. Thanks to her, who's she? She worked for People's Liberation Army for seven years. And Twitter had no problem. Twitter with has that? no problem. Twitter has no problem with that. Absolutely no problem. That's one Twitter censorship. Let's see another company, YouTube. We all know YouTube. YouTube. Well,、uh, even nowadays, ask the Chinese YouTubers, and、uh, ask Elma. Elma is very anti. Uh, CCP, right?、Uh, Elma、uh, gained after two months of、uh, starting start broadcasting. He got about a hundred ninety thousand fans, and after that, not, not a subscribers. single one. Subscribers, yeah. subscribers, subscribers. This is our、right? friend Elmer Yuan. We are talking about, right? This is our friend Elmer Yuan. We are talking about. After reached the number one hundred ninety. Thousand something like that, you know, give or take. It stopped for a year and a half. Not one more fan,、uh, subscriber. The subscriber number stopped. Mathematically impossible.、Right? Sasha, I can tell、mm-hmm. you that my Twitter account、uh, hasn't really grown. I don't think I'm、mm-hmm. that important that I should be shadow banned. But I wonder sometimes why. I'm not adding any new subscribers. Certainly, I have a body of work to show for it. I would expect、mm-hmm. that by law of averages, one or two or ten, twenty would be, you know, signing on to follow me on Twitter. I don't、yeah. see it anyway.、Uh, I'm not、uh, saying anything. It, I <laughs> <it's> yeah. Just, <laughs> let me co- let me correct that. Actually, we talk about Twitter and Elma's subscribers. Was、uh, YouTube. YouTube. YouTube? Well, I think a- a- all these companies do some sort of a. A, a, a tagging or a carding. It's like you know, in in soccer, you get this yellow card, you get this red card,、yeah. and so on like that. I think they have yellow some card sort means of a you don't make、system. right. YouTube.、Uh, well, if you say something, say、uh, now nowadays the word "evil cow" in Chinese is censored. So if you say, "I think CCP is an evil cow," you got censored. You got a yellow card. You. St- You got yellow cards three times. You're risking for permanent ban, and there are lots of words the Chinese figured out. So they would use a different word to replace it. The different word got censored. This is I'm talking about YouTube. That means they have the AI system to listen to what you say. So anyway, it has it has become a joke. And inside China, we are talking about outside China. Inside China, the Chinese big war, big censorship war, firewall, 
The technology is provided by whom, guess? By many of these companies, especially Intel. Intel provide the first and perhaps the most important censorship software and uh, equipment to China. I don't even know Can you what spell to that say for us, please? Can you spell that for us? Intel company. No, no, the, the product, the product name. Product the name. product. Well, it's censorship. I don't, I don't know the name of the, of the product. I read it. It's because it's not a word. It's some sort of uh, numbers and the things. I so I don't remember. I can, I can I check it online later. I see. But I see. In, it also it's it's not one program. It's a series of programs. China used Intel, work with Intel to build its firewall. And that, the irony is that actually after Intel helped China that much, the Chinese was sponsored Huawei to drive Intel out. So it's and, and, irony and, and tragedy. So mm -hmm. if, say, if say Intel wants to legally proceed against China, where would they go? They can't sue them in China. Where mm -hmm. would they go? I have no idea. I really have no idea. You know, though they claim that, you know, from the very beginning, every company who work with China claim that they will follow the local law. Just check their record. When they said they follow the local law, that means they can't sue China in China because that's the Chinese law. Hmm. Well, quite an irony. That's censorship. So in China, nowadays, compelled thanks to the, the big tech, compared to 10 years ago or 20 years ago, even with preparation of internet, the Chinese have much less freedom of speech, much fewer, less freedom of speech, unlike, you know. So the funny thing is that, remember Bill, Bill Gates, Bill Gates said in the 1980s and 1990s, said many times that, he said nobody could stop internet. Nobody could stop the free flow of information. When he went to China, when people criticized him, said, "How could you do that? How could you, how, how could how could you work so closely with the Chinese government?" Bill Gates said, "Well, that's for the free free flow of information." And now we see the otherwise. And not only the Chinese government stopped free flow of information inside China, they are stopping free flow of information outside of China. Um, I think uh, we have had instances of Elmer's hangouts being disturbed. So we know what you're saying. <laughs> this is Elmer is sitting in yeah. DC at that point, and we get those disturbances. I wanted to tell yeah. our viewers um, one thing. There was in the, I think, late 80s, there was an Intel reverse engineered CPU that was run by some company. I think it may be Texas Instruments or some company, or maybe it was uh, Compaq that had this pro mm -hmm. processor. That processor okay. was, uh, it was keeping up okay up until Intel's uh, 80486. Then they changed the sequence. You used to have 8086, 186, 286, 386, 486. Then they changed the sequencing and said Pentium. The next one was a Pentium. 
right, so, right, right, right. So somewhere that company that was trying to reverse engineer, they could not keep up with uh, the scaling of uh, Pentium. And I think it was National Semiconductor who bought it. And then it was sold to some company in China. Though so China got their hands on the Intel's processing, the, you know, something of the outside world, it looked like an Intel chip. They got this thing fairly early on. I'm wondering, you said something that, you know, uh, Intel helped build the firewall for China. And then mm -hmm. the Chinese government shoved Intel out and substituted them with Huawei. I bet mm -hmm. you in this, this processor that I talked about has a role to play in this. It cannot be something yeah. else. I mean, you cannot take Intel as such a big behemoth. Some of the server chips are extremely complicated to, to, to say that we don't need this. We have got an equivalent functioning thing. So I'm just putting that out in the minds of people. So Sasha, this was taking a little longer than I expected, but I want us mm. to finish this one because there's so much more left. So hang on, guys. We are going to the next uh, slide with your permission. Or you want to talk about Apple on this one? Yes, please uh, go to the yes. next one. And next yeah. one is important as well. But I suppose it would be shorter. And the national intelligence, national security for us. You know, all these big companies, their technology has a lot of importance in or usage in national security in weapon system in orders when they went to china the chinese first promised everything is civilian nothing nothing military but in china you have you have to understand everything can be military and uh, in the field of high tech everything is military that's so important. I'll give you one very simple example. I forgot which company. I forgot the. Uh, it's a silicon co silicon company, work with uh, Chinese retail. It's something like Walmart and uh, called Jindong. It's a very big company selling uh, TV set and furniture and something like that. Oh, Amazon. They work with Amazon with all the companies, and. The, to develop a system, to develop a delivery system, to deliver consumer goods. But that technology is directly applied to the military, according to some, some guy who wrote in a paper in China and uh, sort of a casually disclosed the, the truth and later the paper was uh, taken down from the internet. A researcher wrote it. So even a uh, consumer good delivery system can be used uh, that system was used for the part for the military logistics logistic system it is that simple so and um, the one but some companies went to china and work with the chinese say okay we give you some technology for civilian use and they might be innocent from their from their side but some com companies actually deliberately give China and work with the Chinese Chinese uh, military. For example, a very big example is Bill Gates. Bill Gates first supplied China with uh, all sorts of uh, Microsoft products. And uh, Bill Gates, after he left Microsoft, he worked with the Chinese to develop technology. 
And Peter Schweitzer also mentioned in his book, and we saw that we have been laughing on this, it's Bill Gates. But the Chinese government ranked him one of the 50 most important people, foreigners, to China's development in the world. One of 50, including Karl Marx and uh, Lenin and all that, he was in the list. So the worst project Bill Gates involved is he involved is China's nuclear technology. And um, it was a very, it was a very big project. I'm looking at uh, the Chinese report here. Bill Gates company and the Chinese nuclear, China nuclear energy work to, well, they're working on the newest nuclear technology, which supplies uh, not only civilian use, but mainly military use. They work it for four years to transfer technology to China. And finally, for some reason, I guess, for some US government force intervene. And uh, so that Bill Gates, actually the whole project failed. The failure of the, pro of the project does not mean you know, he's innocent, does not mean he doesn't have, he didn't have the intention to give China that technology. And how many such projects are involved? This one has been disclosed. We don't know how many of such projects, which, you know, still in hiding, still we don't know. So if you look at Chinese milita military, China has now, China now has a bigger Navy than the United States of America. China has, well, at least as many nuclear weapons has, as we have. And China has a bigger military than us. And China, the Chinese military now is a serious threat, not only to neighboring countries like India, but to everybody in the world. So that's how the Silicon Valley, Peter Schweitzer mentioned it, but he only mentioned a fraction of that program. So, uh... There's one more slide to do, and then we can perhaps uh, conclude and, and make our observations. Yeah. So I'm putting up that one, which is a social control. This is the most important one, in my opinion. Sasha, over to you. Yeah, and look at the cameras. In big cities like Beijing, you cannot hide anywhere. The Chinese technology is developed to the extent that China can monitor everybody's, well, everybody i mean everybody's movement in the entire country that's how terrifying it is first if you think of china's inter china's cell phone network china has much better cell phone network coverage than the united states of america and everybody who went to china knows that and uh, the the monitoring system like all the cameras has much, much more advanced technology. It's not that we don't have that talk technology, just, well, we have laws. You can't apply for this. And the Chinese, think of it, all the, in big cities, all these cameras are equipped, equipped with facial recognition technology. And, and now they are also, well, gradually they're equipped with a technology like recognizing the way you walk, the way you, your body moves. So that's the body move recognition, which means even you cover yourself, cover your face, 
you cannot hide. That's how scary. Just think of it. How scary that is. I'll give you one example. You know, for the application of this new technology. You know, some people in the state think vaccine passport is a great idea. Let me tell you how vaccine passport work in China. China does not has a have a vaccine passport. China has a QR code. Every person has an individual QR code. Anywhere you walk to, in cities especially, if you don't have a QR code, you scan in a QR code which shows it's green. You cannot enter any public sphere. Not only that, if your code it turns red, you cannot leave your home. Oh my God! And if see, if you have a QR code, say they call that a health code, and the health code is controlled by a center. Yeah, anyone who ask any Chinese, they can tell you the details. Your code, you it's embedded on your in your phone. So you go anywhere first, scan the code. If the scan turn in the color green, you're fine. If you turn yellow, that means several things. First, you fail to test COVID nineteen test in perhaps the past week, and you you may have someone who next building of yours, well close to you, and who who test positive. And then your your code will turn yellow. Whenever the code turns red, means either you you test you tested positive or you refuse to do test. They the central the central control system can turn your code red anytime. What happens when you the the code is turned red? Well, the place you live, every street and every courtyard has cameras. You are not allowed to go anywhere, and in some areas, even they put cameras in in front of in front of every door. And、uh, if you the code is red, you can't move out your door. Actually, I have friends who have you know came back to the states. They put you in a hotel for two weeks, and then they put a camera in front of your house. You have to stay there for another week, so three weeks. So what happened? You know, the the whole in that hotel, the camera is pointing right at your door. How about you simply leave? So the camera will record, record, record you, record your movements, and they say, okay, your your two weeks starts over again. You have say if you move out in ten days, you have to start over for another fourteen days, and that's how tightly the control is, and. Well, if you have a code, is that go to take on the bus? You scan the code in, the bus turn red. Sorry, you can't go to the bus. And it doesn't only apply to people who who test positive. It apply to people who refuse to test. That's how bad. That's how tightly control all this new technology, which are partly su- supplied by the foundation is supplied by. The Silicon Valley, the social control in China is now so severe that the Chinese, it doesn't even make sense of living living well. If your if your coat turn red, you can't do anything. 
the government can jail you without coming to arrest you. That's how bad. Now, um, Sasha, this book of Jerry Schweizer has been out for at mm -hmm. least eight to 10 weeks. Has there been any mm -hmm. kind of activity, any statements, anything at all about all these different places and people and uh, organizations? I don't see that. I even don't see much media coverage. It's sad because in many ways we got so used to China being in our lives. And um, I, I guess Silicon Valley is also very used to get China, you know, in their business, Wall Street as well, and the politicians as well. China is everywhere. And uh, what our government said, Russia. Do you see Russians anywhere? True, true. Good question. And, and uh, I, I agree with you on that. Um, Sasha, this uh, program now, I guess, is close to finishing. And we have done any any other thing you would like to add? I think that was the last slide. Well, there are actually another nine or the altogether, Peter Schweitzer, at least nine chapters altogether. We talk about three now. And then he talk about Hollywood and uh, Wall Street and others. So I'm going to, you know, put a few things together. I guess let's try to do two or three chapters next time. Yes, because, we will. We will. Well, yeah. It's not that people are often ask me that, well, you worry about America's freedom being eroded by Chinese influence. I said, I don't worry about it because we have been eroded. We have to fight. Time to stop worry, time to stop fighting. Absolutely. And as always, Sasha, thank you so much. And viewers, you, I would strongly urge you to watch this program till the very end. And if you have come this far, please do like, share, and subscribe this program. Forward it to your friends. Also subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to click on the bell button for notifications. Um, Sasha spends a lot of time putting this together. You will not get all this stuff in the red-handed book. The red-handed book kind of set us a foundational template on which we have tried to build it. We are telling you to the best of knowledge, uh, our knowledge, this is the truth. And it's up to you. You don't have to take our word for it. If somebody else has a slightly different version, by Joe, you can come back, put in us comments. We try to answer your comments if they are valid, if they are on the topic. Uh, just don't say you don't know what you're talking about or you know, don't use expletives. I mean, we want us to be, this is, this should be an intellectually enriching conversation and something that everybody takes a moment back, watches it and thinks about it. Thank you once again, Sasha, and stay tuned. Next one will be on Hollywood, your favorite. Namaskar. Okay, thank you.